UGBs, or does anybody know what a UGB is? Ungodly belief, okay? Just something that we believe that God doesn't think is true. Um, but we're going to sneak in a little. We're going to sneak in a little something else that we wanted to add in, and um, this this uh, topic is. Uh, we're just going to spend a few minutes on it, but this topic is um, just talking about our hearts and how we build up walls a lot of times around our hearts, and so it's termed uh, um, heart of stone, you know, and that sounds kind of like, oh my gosh, do I have a heart of stone? How could I have a heart of stone? But I will tell you that all of us have hearts of stones because what we do is we build up walls that protect us from people around us. We build up walls that um, hurt us from, from out of, usually it's out of hurt, some kind of hurt. And what that does is it actually, um, it actually takes away our ability to give and receive love from God and from others. And so, you know, my testimony, the, the kind of the whole heart of stone testimony for me is, is, a, is really kind of the, the starting point of where God really started to draw me close to him and started to really bring me into um, new levels of healing. I mean, I grew up in a very, you know, good, strict home, you know, like, here's the rules, you need to follow the rules, which we, I think we generally do with children. It's like, here's some rules, let's follow them. Um, and so it was good and it was consistent. How I responded, how I responded to that was, um, I will put all my feelings and the things that I feel aside and I will do the rules, do the right thing. And so I had this relationship with the rules. <laughs> and um, and so uh, I became just like a pleaser. Like I just wanted to please and I was a good kid and I got positive affirmation for all my, the good things that I did, you know. And so and what I did was, though, I, I, I didn't allow myself to express my feelings. In fact, what I believed, and this was my ungodly belief that led to me having a heart of stone, how they tie together, eh? nice, good, um, was that I wasn't, that my feelings weren't valid or I wasn't allowed to express my feelings. So because I chose to be a pleaser, I chose to, to obey, all, just constantly obey, never express what I felt, that I turned that to say, well, my feelings then aren't valid. They're not valuable. And of course, that's completely not true. But if you, you know, I grew up completely believing that, that w- my... Yeah, what I what I felt wasn't worth expressing. It wasn't going to be valued because if I felt something that was different than the rule, I knew that that was wrong, right? It wasn't in fact wrong. I'm entitled to have my feelings, right? These are my feelings. Now maybe God brings correction or direction or whatever, but I felt um, that I couldn't express them. So. So basically, as I grew up, it's like, and you got some of you guys have heard this before, but as I grew up, it's like, I didn't even know what I would, what I felt, you know? I couldn't identify what, I couldn't identify feelings, let alone desires, let alone where I wanted to go to eat tonight. I mean, it was that bad. Like, Sarah's like, where do you want to go to eat tonight? I'm like, I don't know, wherever you want. And finally, she started pressing me like, no, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? And I'm like, 
I don't even know where I want to go because I've always just pleased people and done whatever everyone else expected me to do that I didn't have opinions and desires of my own. Well, now we've worked through that. I've, uh, I now have opinions. Sometimes I call you the brat. Sometimes I call him the brat. Sometimes I'm the brat. I've never been the brat. One time we, um, you guys, some of you guys have heard this, but we, uh, one night she was asking me what I really wanted. And finally, after thinking about it for about 15 minutes, I decided I want Chinese buffet for dinner. And if anyone knows Sarah, that's the last thing that she would ever want to eat. Ever. Ever. And I was like, oh, that's what I, okay, you want me to tell you what I really want? What I really desire, it's Chinese buffet tonight. <laughs> and Sarah's like, oh, gross, really? You really want to go there? And so then I got, then I... Then after that initial response, I was like, okay, okay, fine. You're saying what you want. This is good. We'll go to Chinese buffet. Well, we'll go to Chinese buffet. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. But then I'm like, oh, you don't want to? Okay, never mind. Uh, I, I reverted back to, <laughs> I, I'm cool, it's fine, what, what do you want, really, you don't want, you don't think that's good, you know, my feelings aren't valid. And he's like, no, I really could like anything else, I really could, I really could, like, I don't really care, and like, reverted right back to no opinions, and I was just like, no, we are going to Chinese Buffet, we, that's where we are going, you became a brat for a moment, and it was so appealing to me, that we are going, you're going to be rewarded for that, we are going to Chinese Buffet. Has anyone been called a brat and then called that that's appealing to them? <laughs> I know, it's kind of strange, it's weird, but... So, isn't that great, yeah. So, actually, Sarah's really held to me and said, I want Seth to come into who God's called him to be. I want him to... Cause I, and, and she says, I know that Seth's opinions and desires and feelings are important and valid. And so she expressed that to me. That's a really simple example of how she did that for me. But it, that's been, like, she's really invested that in me. And that means her dropping her opinions, which she doesn't have that problem of having opinions about things. <laughs> and so, and and so, yeah. So so basically with Heart of Stone, you you build up walls to, and and you're basically saying, I've been hurt before, and so um, I'm not, I I'm not able to express who I am, how I felt, what I love, you know, and also it prevents us from receiving from God, and so um, they're generally formed from you know relationships. I mean, we just we're in, this is the way God designed it is relationships, and relationships are not perfect. You know, we say things that are stupid and they hurt other people and other people say things that are stupid and they hurt us. And that's kind of just how life is. You know, we've talked about forgiveness last week and how forgiveness needs, needs to be like the breath of the kingdom. I mean, it's just like all the time, like we, unconscious. We don't think about it because people hurt each other. And that's that's part kind of part of life that we have to work through. And so a lot of times these things are, are formed in you know, in relationships from a lot of times important relationships, you know, we'll, we'll end up um, build, building a hearthstone is kind of closing down yourself and building up protection. And so a lot of times like a, a parent-child relationship or a teacher-child relationship, a lot of times it's formed in the childhood years where words have been spoken that really hurt. And so you put up a wall and then you don't want, you, 
you protect you you're trying to protect yourself from being hurt again and so then you don't express love you don't receive love so all we're going to do tonight is we've got a prayer and i just want to lead us all through what's that yeah yeah good point good point here do you want to hand this out we have pens or we can get them um yeah so i mean part of this is based in ezekiel 36:26 where um the word says i will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you i will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh it's in uh, ezekiel 36:26 and so it's really it's really just saying god I want to break down the the walls that I've built up in my life. I want to break down the walls that I've responded to in hurt that I've built up to protect me because those walls keep me from loving and keep me from receiving love. And so we just have, you know, we do a whole teaching on this, but I just wanted to, I just want to like throw it out there. Let's, Ask God for a soft heart so we can receive love and we can give love. All right. Sarah's going to make some copies. Um, So I'm going to read down. Some of you have this, some of you don't. At the top of the sheet, it says um, indications of a heart of stone. So I'm just going to read these down. It's kind of like a checklist, maybe, of um, things that if you're looking at yourself and you're going, do I have some of these things? Then it may mean that you could have a heart of stone. And again, just walls that we build up and we just ask God to tear down those walls. So indicators of a heart of stone. Keep people at a distance. Protect yourself. Keep up a good front, but have trouble being real. That was my problem. I could keep up a really good front, but no one knew who I really was. In fact, I didn't even know who I really was because I just wanted to please. And so I thought... As long as everyone else around me is happy, then I guess I'm happy too, you know? Uh, Find it hard to show emotions in front of others. Stuff your emotions. Live life keeping it all together. Have the role of the strong one. Uh, Find it difficult to ask for help. And this next one, minister to others but can't be ministered to, is really good at helping other people out, but rarely good at receiving, being vulnerable and receiving that love or receiving someone giving that to you. Uh, Wish other people, this is a good one, wish other people would and could keep it together like you do. (laughs) Why do they just not keep it together? I keep it together. Why can't everyone else keep it together? (laughs) Come on. Has anyone ever thought that? Be honest. (laughs) Wow, five of you are honest. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah, if you... (laughs) Right. So so the other other 25 of you have hearts of stone. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, Look down on those who express emotions as being immature or weak. How we doing, babe? Almost there. All right. What's that? 
Yeah, she's she's keeping it together. She's not she's not fronting. If you don't have one of these sheets, please raise your hand. So, um, what I think we're going to do, this, this is what I kind of want to do. I want to read this out loud together. And then, um, if you look at the bottom, it says, this is your opportunity to release people to the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit bring people to mind that you need to forgive. You might see a picture of them in your mind or hear their name in your thoughts. Take your time. Speak out loud as you forgive. And you would forgive, Lord, I forgive those people who have wounded me, and I forgive you, Lord, for allowing these wounds in my life. Also, I forgive myself for my sinful reaction to hurt and for building this heart of stone. And so we'll read, we'll read together kind of the, the prayer. Um, and then just ask God, God, who may have contributed to me feeling like I need to protect myself and I need to build walls up around myself? And, and ultimately what that comes down to is that you do, there's a, a trust issue with God. That God isn't your... You might not look at God as someone who can protect you and take care of you. And so... Um, so just ask God if there's anyone that you, need, that you need to forgive or let go of. And then what I was thinking is just, it, just in yourself, read over the prayer again. Because a lot of times when you're reading it out loud, it's kind of like it becomes a blur. And it's like, ah, all these words, all these words, we're all reading it together. So we'll read it together. We'll do some forgiving. And then go back and read the prayer again to yourself. And just take your time building, just take your time walking through it. Okay, so we'll spend maybe the next five or five or seven minutes um, just right here. So let's, let's see. Let's, all right, so let's just, let's just say this together. Everyone got a sheet? We're in the middle right below where it says, let the Lord give you heart of flesh. Pray this prayer. Sound good? Does this sound all right? Do this? All right, good. All right, uh, ready. Lord, I, I have built a hiding place to protect myself from hurt. I know this protection blocks out the love, warmth, and nurture I long for. I know that my heart of stone prevents me from entering into deep and loving relationships. I come to you because I am helpless to change. Come into my life to take down the wall. I want you to be in my defense. Lord, help me to become vulnerable to risk love.
All right, so if you flip to the second page. It's kind of a continuation of the prayer. <clears throat> so let's let's read this together. Father, please forgive me for my sinful responses and for the way in which I have hurt loved ones by keeping them out of my life. I repent for the destruction in my own life and for wounding you with my sin. Lord, as an act of will, I choose to be connected to others within my family and the body. I want to be intimate. Forgive me, Jesus, for not trusting the love offered to me by my spouse, children, and fellow Christians. If you're not married, it's okay. <clears throat> or you don't have children, that's okay. <laughs> Help me to see and appreciate the gifts of others. Put a watch on my lips that I may build up instead of tear down. Help me hear the warnings or rebukes as love and not as rejection. Help me to hold myself in the vulnerable position of receiving ministry, not just offering it. I ask you to bring people into my life who know how to love unconditionally and still have the courage to hold me accountable. Bring to death my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. Amen. All right. Yeah, so God, I pray that you'll just seal that in us, Father. Lord, we ask for a transformation of our hearts, Father. We ask for those walls that we've built up uh, because, as a result of pain, as a result of um, hurt, Father, that you will just tear those down, Father. We want, we do want to be uh, vulnerable with you, Father. We want to be able to experience the love that you have for us, that you've intended for us, Father. And we want also to be able to love and to receive love from uh, just brothers and sisters, Father. And Lord, I, this is a step of faith to do this, Father. It's kind of like this blind step a little bit. And Lord, I just pray that you will do that in each one of us, Father. Re take our heart of stone, remove it, and give us a heart of flesh. In the name of Jesus, amen. Um, after I had gone through a bunch of healing at my school of ministry, um, when I came home, <clears throat> I definitely noticed a huge difference in my heart. And I had gone through this prayer, and um, I noticed that I really started hurting more. And it's because of the tenderness of when you have a heart of flesh, you actually can feel pain more than you could before, but you can also feel more joy and happiness and exhilaration and all the positive feelings as well. And I remember thinking, I would rather feel this pain and all the other good things than nothing at all. And I remember choosing. I wanted, I wanted to be able to feel again. And I remember people would say things to me or people would be rude, and nothing ever fazed me before. And um, I was able to actually, like, have feelings, like real feelings all the time, you know, and it was really, really good. And um, there's just something about, you know, as we put up walls and we wonder why it's hard for people to love us, you know. And it's like when we do that, we're actually saying to people, you can only love me this much, you know. And as we take down our walls, then we're saying to people, you can love me this much, you know. And, and for God as well, it's not just people, it's God. God can love us way more, and we can receive and give him love more. So it's just all around a good deal. 
It's good. All right. So ungodly beliefs, what we're here for. All right. <laughs> um, so an ungodly belief is anything that you believe about yourself, about others, about God and the church, which just isn't in agreement with God's word and his nature or his character. And so, you know, I think at first when you start thinking about looking at yourself and saying, oh, well, I don't. I don't believe that I believe that anything that isn't true. Like, of course I don't. Like, like my li- I'm not going to go around believing lies, you know? <laughs> but I think what has come to us, what we've been realizing in our own lives is as God reveals things to us, we just realize there's things that we believe, you know, a lot of things about ourselves that just aren't true. And it's just not how God sees us. And others, based on experiences we have, we have certain judgments or we have certain beliefs about others. And that's just not how God sees the world. It's just not how God's, God's perspective on the whole thing. And so a lot of it is, uh, of ungodly beliefs is getting God's perspective. It's recognizing that I believe something that just isn't how God sees it. And then hearing what the truth is, God What's the truth that you've given me? And so, it, you know, kind of the Heart of Stone example, I believe that my feelings and my opinions didn't matter. In fact, what I believed was that I did, it wasn't a safe place for me to express my feelings. That's, that's kind of what it came down to. It, the, I was, and it, I don't think that that was put on me. It was something that I reacted to and I started doing. I, and so putting those, not feeling like it was safe for me to express my feelings and my opinions and my emotions um, gave me a sense of not being, I didn't feel protected, you know. I didn't feel protected at all. And so um, actually in one of the counseling that sessions that I've gone through, I, I just recognize this part of me that that was really afraid to express itself this this piece of me that was like i can't communicate how i'm really feeling and i can't communicate my opinions and god just revealed to me it's because i didn't feel like it was safe i didn't feel like i could do it i didn't feel like i was safe and so um i just repented for believing that lie you know god revealed that to me that's not true right that's not true that's not the truth i am able to express my feelings and i don't care if you try and stop me (laughs) i'm almost to that point now um (laughs) not quite but (laughs) but i you know what um i realized that um and god just helped me to realize that actually people are going to love me because I have, I'm me. Because I express my feelings and emotions. That's what makes up who I am. If I'm just constantly communicating what I think people want to hear, that's not me. And so there's this, you know, almost creates a gap between, because a person's trying to maybe have a relationship with real me, but I'm not presenting a real me at all. And so... I've, God showed me, hey, you need to express your opinions. You need to express your emotions and how you're feeling. And then that's where real relationship can happen. Cause, oh, yeah. Yeah. all right. And, and so, yeah, and so I felt like, and that's where we've seen even growth in our relationship 
is now that I'm expressing how I'm feeling and I'm expressing my emotions. And some of you pr probably have no problems doing that, <laughs> expressing your emotions and feelings. But um, And so I broke that lie that I wasn't protected, that God wasn't going to protect me, that it wasn't a safe place for me. And And so, you know, a lot of times our environment, how we grow up, hurtful experiences, all these things can contribute to us making a judgment or, or going, wow, if that's how, if my experience dictates how the world lives I'm, and I make a decision on that experience, even though that might not be in line with what God thinks or what God believes, then what happens when I have an ungodly belief, I get bound up by a lie, something that isn't truth. So wh what, is, what does the truth do? It brings freedom so if truth brings freedom, what does a lie bring? Bondage, right? And so we, 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 we tend to end up um, putting ourselves in bondage. And that's the whole purpose of you know, what we're talking about here. It's, we've said this before. We like freedom. We're freedom junkies. We want to be more free. We want to be more available to do what God wants us to do. We don't want to be limited by things that aren't true with things that are holding us back. We want to be able to step into the things that God has for us and not be limited by them. So... Um some of the ways that ungodly beliefs surface in our lives is when we're in situations where, you know, we're in a relationship with someone or something's happening and you have a strong reaction to something. You know, you could really respond in certain ways. And one of those play, one of those things is, you know, with a lot of fear, like way more fear than normal. You can kind of tell that there might be something there. Like, for example, for me, whenever I would drive on the highway, it didn't matter what the weather was like, I would be like white knuckle in it and not just con concerned and, and nervous. This was like kind of high school and like college, like early college. I would really like be just afraid on the highway. And there's, you know, people drive on the highway every day. It's usually not a bad situation, but it was like this really strong fear that I would just carry with me in the car. And um, basically I had an ungodly belief that I was not protected, you know. I mean, that's just a basic ungodly belief, but you can tell when you're having a reaction to life in a strong way, fear, anger, really strong resentment towards someone in a situation, um, and then just also looking for patterns, those patterns. And we've talked about this before, but the patterns that kind of surface, like you might have an experience and you have a strong reaction to it, and then you have another experience, actually, where the circumstances are kind of similar in some ways, and then there's a strong reaction. And honestly, those patterns that you can see over and over again are God's signals to us, you know, and um, and our, our lives can give us clues if we just pay attention. Um, <clears throat> we might be very judgmental, you know, of people, because, you know, there's a, an ungodly belief there, and it might cause us to be very judgmental, like, all men are this way. And so as soon as a guy acts that way, you just immediately start judging them. I know about this kind of person. You know, there could be an ungodly belief there. Um, when it causes us to devalue other people, um, whenever we are in a place of overachieving, really feeling like you have to strive to maintain, you know, whatever, acceptance or something, you might have an ungodly belief of I'm not valued unless I do really well. So you overachieve in all these areas, you know, of your life. Or maybe in just a certain kind of area, you might have 
one you know segment of your life you're really going for it and it's you know you're working really hard and you might believe something that you're only valued unless you know if you do really well or you might underachieve <clears throat> that was me in school I believed I wasn't good enough even if I did try so why try and I mean I didn't like fail all the time I just didn't really do I didn't overachieve let's just put it that way I really didn't try um <clears throat> And a lot of people do that. There's, there's generally two reactions to woundedness in personalities. And one is overachieving and, and high performance. And the other one is kind of um, taking yourself out of the game and rejecting yourself and just kind of like kind of going under the radar. Um, the identity lies can be especially harmful. So, um, yeah, identity lies are basically things that are are lies about who you are as a person. And and a lot of us live our lives based on a negative view of our identity. And it usually comes from, you know, wounds from when we're very small, and we end up, like, patterning our life after that and making choices based on it. So, for example, you know, you could have an ungodly belief, like, I always make mistakes, you know, I'm a klutz or something. And, but I, an identity lie would be, I am a mistake. You know, and that's very damaging to to who you are. Um, another one would be, I'm always wrong. But an identity lie would be, there is something fundamentally wrong with me. You know, that is something that's about your identity. That Yeah, that's what shame is. So we want God to reveal any identity lies about ourselves so that he can free us from them and show us what the truth is and when we get the truth planted in us about who we are he speaks our identity into us we can stand much stronger we can rest instead of overachieving you can rest in who you are you do things because you're accepted and you know it you know or you know um if you're underachieving and just taking yourself out of the game and rejecting yourself and really you know you can you can start stepping into who you are and and feeling confident in what God's you know called you to and like for example for me I'm not smart you know I could have realized the truth in school and maybe just started taking steps in the direction of what what can I do what am I actually good at in school you know I'm sure I could have found my niche you know but I didn't try because I didn't have any of those truth beliefs in me um, when I was little, I think I was probably like four, mom and dad, you probably remember this. <laughs> it was when I said to you guys, I never want to leave home. Do you remember that? And my mom would say, well, someday you're going to find a nice man and you're going to want to get married and you're going to want to move out. And I said, no, mom, no, I'm not. I'm going to stay right here with you and dad forever. Did anyone ever say that when they were young to their parents? Yeah, I totally did that, and my mom and dad reminded me of that many times when I was older, and I wanted to get out of the house. You said, you said when you were four, I remember, you never wanted to leave. <laughs> and I, re- I remembered saying it, too, and I was thinking, what was I thinking? <laughs> when, I was four. I, when I was four. Well, recently in um, a healing that I had at Bethel, 
uh, we did some counseling there, and I realized the reason why I said that was because I was afraid of the world. I was afraid of what was out there, and the only thing that I felt like was safe was in my house with my mom and dad. That was the only safe thing, and I didn't know I, I didn't even know I believed that. How many years have I gone through healing? Ten years, and I didn't realize that that was the reason why I wanted to make that decision when I was four. And um, I was afraid of it. So I had this picture in my counseling appointment, and I was sitting in the living room of the house, and I felt safe in that house, and I did not want to go out of the house. It was like there were scary monsters outside of the house, and I did not want to do that. And um, I found they, you know, I was supposed to ask where Jesus was in the room, and he was sitting on the couch, and through a series of breaking lies and all that stuff, Jesus um, and I became one and there was a lot of healing that happened and the picture that resulted from that healing was basically like me and Jesus were one and he went walking down the street and all the monsters bounced right off of him and he was huge and he could do anything he wanted to and and it the idea in my mind was like he could have run across the world like he could have circled the earth you know and that with me we together could have done that and that, that there was nothing to be afraid of anymore because he was strong, and that's how safe I am. And I can accomplish anything. I can go around the world, you know. And at a young age like that, it was kind of scary to go two blocks away, you know. But now I could go around the world because I've had that healing. That was something I didn't even know. So God can continue revealing things about what we believe to, you know, get us free from things that keep us bound from being able to fulfill our true identities. Do you remember, um, speaking of fulfilling what God's called us to, um, do you remember the story about Moses? I preached on um, at the Restoring the Heart series in February where Moses was um, approached by God in the form of a burning bush. Do you remember? And um, Moses um, was asked by God to go to Pharaoh and to free his people from Egypt. And, and Moses just was like, What? I can't speak, you know, and, and had all these ungodly beliefs in his language to God. So clear and obvious. And God even said, I will be with your mouth. They will hear you. He, like, reassured him with all this truth. And then Moses said, you know, can you just send someone else? Like, he really didn't believe that he could do it, not even with God's power and ability. And, and then God gave him Aaron out of the grace that he has. He gave him Aaron as someone to speak for him. And that's what God does. He gives us the truth, you know, and, and he gives us the ability to fulfill the things that God's called us to. You know, the enemy is the one who plants the lies in us. Um, in um, Genesis, it's amazing to me. I was just reading this the other day, and I was like, hello, this is amazing. Let me just read it to you. Um, so, you know, God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and um, he said, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. God was quite clear. The language was quite clear. Very shortly later, in the next chapter, the serpent, who was more cunning than any other beast of the field, approached the woman and said, you shall not, oh, God, has God indeed said you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? So he's like questioning what God said immediately. And the woman says, well, this is the truth. And she says the truth to him. And um, she repeats what God said. You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. So what does the serpent say? You will not surely die. 
That was the next sentence. He completely spoke a lie immediately after the truth was spoken. And that is exactly what he does in our lives. You know, we're in a situation and he speaks a lie, even though maybe we know the truth. You know, maybe someone just says, I love you. You're amazing. And immediately right after that, you might hear they don't love you. You know, just doubt rises up. The enemy likes to plant thoughts in our minds all the time that are filled with lies. That's his job. And this is what he started with. The very first thing he ever did in the Bible was planting a lie immediately. In John 8:44, it says, The devil was a murderer from the beginning, and he did not abide in the truth because there was no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he's a liar and a father of it. And um, just as Satan will nurture lies in us to try to keep us down, God will nurture the truth in us. He's the father of lights. He will nurture the truth in us. And so as we continue to grow, we want to focus in our minds on the truth over and over to remind ourselves of, of the truth. And we need to ask God to nurture the truth in us as we get a hold of it. Um, like, <clears throat> it is sad. It is sad that that as we grow up, we end up trusting more about what the enemy has to say than what God does. You know, we grow up doing that until we realize the truth. And, and that's when we want to turn it around and, and, and depend more and, and trust more in what God says than what the enemy does. Um, so also when I was out at Bethel, we just had some counseling appointments out there. And um, guess what came up, guys? Third grade. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, I actually like laughed out loud. I was like, ah, you wouldn't believe this. Anyway, third grade. The, the, it was like, what does God want to show? What's the truth about who you are? And I saw myself sitting at my desk in the back row of the class in third grade. And <clears throat> it was like, uh, it was, um, I think it was a, a moment that had to do with, who my identity, I think it was, we were attacking. So I've dealt with fear in third grade, shame in third grade, all kinds of stuff. But I think this was like my identity. That's what it was. And um, and it was this whole idea of like not having what it takes. And um, and and but the truth was coming. And Jesus was sitting on un, like under me, like almost like I was sitting on his lap in my seat. And <clears throat> like the truth was was that his brain. Like, he kind of put his brain into mine to, like, give me his ability in school. And um, it was like, I have all the resources from heaven right here. He's, like, right here with me. You know, we're practically one. Like, it was just a really amazing picture, but it was just a real quick part of, of it. But I was like, it came again. But um, And you know how we taught on soul ties at, um, in February? Um it was amazing because I also broke soul ties with everyone in my class. And I really felt like that was the, the end of third grade. Like that was like the last thing that needed to happen um, because it felt like um, that connection with like the, the just the control and manipulation with, you know, kids in the class and stuff like that just needed to go. And that connection is now gone. So I kind of feel like third grade's over. I'll just I'll let you know if it comes back. <laughs> But I really feel like it's done now, so we'll see what happens. So I have a couple of verses for you that are so hopeful and amazing. In Romans 12, 2, 
um, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And what's amazing about that verse is that as our minds are renewed in the truth, we will know what is the will of God for us. And it gives us like a foundation to stand on to be able to do the things that God's called you to. And um, <clears throat> we need that. We need our minds to be renewed. And um, has anyone read that book, um, the Joyce Myers book, Battlefield of the Mind? Yeah, it's so good. I was just reading some of it the other day. Nope, I got it. And um, it, I was just amazed at how like that fits with this teaching, just really guarding your mind from thoughts of the enemy. And she was just saying in this book how she she didn't realize that she just was letting her mind think whatever it thought, basically. And, and just she let, you know, had like lived her life just thinking whatever came to her mind. But most of the, a lot of what was coming into her mind were, you know, thoughts from the enemy. And it was just like, all we have to do is think what we're thinking about. We just have to think what we're thinking about. And that is so true. Just in, in renewing your mind, if you think about the truth, you know, and, and actually just scripture in general is a really good thing to be thinking about. You know, and, and then I think, honestly, when we have a lot of scripture that our mind is thinking about all the time, as soon as a lie comes in, it's easier to recognize because it completely contradicts what we've been thinking if it's, you know, the word of God. It's so powerful. So these verses are a great thing to meditate on. John 8:32. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Just abiding in the scripture alone will cause you to know the truth, you know. You're not even going through a healing and restoration class, but though this is good, but just the word itself is full of truth, and as we get it in us, it will transform us. Second Corinthians ten four through six. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And those are lies. Those are high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. What about you shall not surely die, completely exalting itself against the knowledge of God, <clears throat> bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And that's um, so good when we can see those thoughts from the enemy coming in that are just not truth, and we can take them captive and say, no, I'm going to believe the truth. Philippians 4.8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So those are some good truths. If you guys want to write down those scriptures, just let me know. I can um, give them to you again. Um, but these are, those are good uh, scriptures even just to memorize, you know, to have in you because they give you um, power to fight. <clears throat> so how you, um, how you find ungodly beliefs that you might be believing in your life is just by asking God to reveal them to you. And even as you just kind of go about your daily life, you can just ask God to signal when you're starting to believe something or listen to the way you talk. Sometimes you can just hear him in the, in the words that you say, I'm so stupid, I can't believe I just did that. Even though that's so lighthearted and maybe seems funny even, you know, that's actually just not true. <laughs> You're not stupid, you know. Um, we want to be careful, like, just what's coming out of our mouth and, like, write them down. Just start writing them down. Um, 
But the, I think the main way for me that God reveals them to me are when I'm just asking him to show me stuff that I would not have even known or realized, I believed, you know. And as I chase after my healing, he keeps showing me more and more. Um, you can pass that out. Um, but as we find them, the, the steps to healing are just repentance, repenting for believing life, forgiveness, forgiving the people who contributed to you forming that lie, and then asking God for the truth and and just receiving the truth. And like I just would say, I accept the godly belief that da, 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 I am smart. You know, I do have what it takes. But God might show you a picture of the truth or God might give you a sense of something. He might give you a sense of acceptance. You know what I mean? He might give you a feeling that you feel. You know, people hear God in different ways, but sensing it, hearing it, seeing pictures, you know, everyone's different, but you might see something in a new way. And um, just as we're um, passing these out and we're going to spend some time in ministry, I just really want to encourage you guys to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide and lead you through the ministry time. He is so able and so powerful to reveal things. You know, he's so able to to show and highlight things. Even if you just get a picture of something that seems random, ask him, what is this picture, God? Or what is this color I'm seeing? You know, he really can speak to you in all kinds of ways. But if you see something that's weird, don't brush it off. Just kind of press in and try to see what that is about. And if anyone has any questions, you can raise your hand, or we might come around and pray for you or ask you if you have any questions. Um, but we're going to have ministry time in a minute. Does anyone have any questions right now? Yeah. Not right now. We're not going to do that. But um, I, we can do that one on one. Yeah. But right now we're just going to follow what's on the sheet here. And um, but but definitely like being one with Jesus. Being one with Jesus is a good kind of goal, you know, you can ask Jesus, can I be one with you in this memory? You know what I mean? You can do that. But we're, we're not going to go into detail on that tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, that's, yeah, we'll, I'll talk about it with you later after this. Yeah, no problem. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Yep, definitely. Yep. Yeah, anytime you have a memory of any kind, um, healing definitely comes from finding out where Jesus was, what he was doing, and what he was thinking or feeling during that. Any of those questions, you can ask him, um, and he can reveal himself to you in that. But, yeah, that also is really a good tool. Do you have any thoughts or anything? Does anyone need a pen or anything? All right, we'll just pray a second, and then um, you guys can find a spot in the room and get alone, and that'll be good. All right, so Holy Spirit, we just thank you, Father, that you are the great counselor. I just thank you, Father, that you lead and you guide, and you also bring comfort. And I just pray, Father, for that cup of healing to be poured out during this ministry time, Lord. And um, I just thank you, Father, that you are so able and so full of love. And we just receive your love as we pray through these things. And 
In Jesus' name, amen. All right, when you go ahead and find space, the family room is open. And you can go anywhere in here if you would like to. And um, we always recommend praying out loud, even if you just do it under your breath because of the impact that it has just by doing things out loud. <clears throat>